Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Now, you will know this man from iconic movies like Train Spotting. Slumdog Millionaire and Yesterday, but now he's dived into the world of streaming. Danny Boyle has directed a new six-part series for Disney Plus called Pistol, and it's all about one of the UK's most iconic bands, the Sex Pistols. And Danny's on the line now to chat all about it. Danny, how are you? Yeah, very good, you? Good, yeah, absolutely great, and delighted to be talking to you again. I don't know if you remember, the last time we spoke was about yesterday, and you came into our studio, but you walked in the door at the same time as a seven-foot crisp man called Mr. Tato. Oh my God, I do remember that. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, that was an interesting way to begin an interview day, you poor man. <laughs> so thankfully today, I can't surprise you with a giant crisp mascot. Just me. <laughs> uh, can I just say, first things first, thank you so much for making this story because as a music fan, uh, the, the Sex Pistols are somebody who were kind of forming around the time I was born. So I suppose in terms of them kind of influencing me at that age, they didn't. But later on, as I got into punk and metal, you know, their their lineage, their history was so important. But I didn't really know the story of them. And watching this series is just phenomenal to see how they came together and what they endured and what they went through to become the band they are. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious, isn't it? But I hadn't realised that they were Steve Jones's band. Yeah. You know, he formed them. Because you get this, obviously, you get this idea about them that they're all about Johnny Rotten. You know, there's this hostility around them as an edifice that's basically dictated by John, and it's all hostile and they're all fighting each other. And, and it, which is all true. Mm. They are all fighting each other all the time. But actually, you realise, oh, my God, they were Steve Jones's band. And and that John is kind of invited in for an audition. Yeah, which, by the way, that scene where he sings really badly, uh, the song 18, is just so powerful because... Again, we don't want to give too much away to people who haven't seen it, but Steve Jones has been through the kind of audition process and tried to be the singer. That hasn't worked for whatever reasons. And yeah. then he just, he stands there, Johnny, uh, John, as we know at that point, and kind of doesn't do anything. And you're kind of going, well, hang on, this is Johnny Ron. What's going on? When is he? And then he explodes onto screen. Yeah, it's, um, I, and I remember um, that's what Anderson Boone, who plays him, did in his audition and it was a covid audition so i was down one end of the room we were in a long corridor room because nobody knew how covid transmitted yeah and he was down the other end doing on his own (laughs) doing that (laughs) on his own with the song with the song playing on a ghetto blaster and i mean it was just and as soon as you saw it you thought that's it casting's easy when it's like that you just thought and it was it was the mixture uh, he was this mixture which john really is of magnetic and repulsive all at the same time. Mm. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you, want, and, you want to get closer to him and then you want to pull away from yeah. him again. Well, you mentioned it's, the casting and I have to say, Danny, like, you know, I, I know it's not done in isolation and it isn't just you and there are obviously people around it, but like this is without doubt, I think, the most incredible ensemble cast. Like I am watching Thomas Brody Sangster as Malcolm McLaren and cannot believe 
it's not some kind of time machine that you guys have used yes. to get it back. And, yes. I, and I mean, and then like Louis Partridge in as as Sid, like because I've only seen a few episodes because I'm I, and I'm so addicted to it that I got up this morning at five a.m. to watch another one. That's how much I love this. <laughs> but it t- t- that's just where where Louis was introduced as Sid Vicious. It's just uncanny how these guys are playing them. Yeah, they're very good, and it, it's funny actually because obviously given their ages, because they're all. Well, Louis was 17 when we started, mm. and, and they're, they're all very young, and they don't really know who the Six, Six Pistols were, other than a reference. And so they all started with that. It's either foolishness or confidence of youth, where they could just, they think they can do anything. Yes. <laughs> think, oh, yeah, I'll do Johnny Rotten. Oh, I'll do Malcolm <laughs> McLaren. And they pile in, and it's great. And you yeah. take advantage of that, obviously. And, they, and it's hugely helpful, because the cut... The characters are big. They're big characters, you know. Um, so it's um, they get lots to play and, and play with. And fortunately, we created a sense of a, a kind of company, really. And that was helped by the fact that they had to form as a band and play the music together. Um, so they, so they, there was a real bond that existed. And, and COVID helped as well because lockdown was happening everywhere. And so they were all, it felt like a kind of bit of a siege mentality. Yes. Which is a very useful thing to have with the Sex Pistols. Definitely. Because- and I mean, it, it, Malcolm is constantly trying in the early parts of this series to provoke this kind of mentality within a band that doesn't have it. I mean, some of the guys, Glenn Matlock is like, he likes the Beatles and he just wants to kind of get on with things and everyone to be friends. And he, and Malcolm is constantly laying traps and creating this scenario where the angrier they, they get and the more subversive they get, the more into his hands it plays. And the more successful they become as well. There you it? go. Because it, it, because it works. Every recording contract, it was really interesting. Every recording contract that 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 is taken away from them because of the press reception. You forget that. That would feel like the end of a career. Yeah. But but for them, it's just the next staging point to another. And this time they're offered 10 times more money. And they just do. So it's extraordinary. The risks they were prepared to take with a brand that they were establishing, but they looked like they could sacrifice at any moment. Another amazing thing about this is a risk I think you take, and look, you're synonymous with a phenomenal soundtrack. We think of Train Spotting, we think of The Beach, we think of Slumdog Millionaire, all the things yesterday, one of my favourite, still one of my favourite pieces of cinema in the last 10 years is yesterday. But what you've done with this is you've taken songs that, to me, when I thought about a Sex Pistols six-part series, I did not expect to hear the music that we hear on this. And again, I don't want to spoil too much for people, but it's you've chosen music from the era, but also different eras, pre- previous eras, softer music, music that you do not associate with the punk movement uh, in London in the 70s. Yeah, although the, there is a connection between it, weirdly, because, of course, they were listening to everything. If you read Steve's book... He's listening to everything music-wise. He's, he loves, at the start, he loves Rod, although they take the piss out of Rod Stewart later, he loves Rod Stewart, you know, and the small faces. Yeah. They love, so there's music. And, and one of the myths about the era is there wasn't much good music around. There was a lot of good music around. But it was just punk had a different attitude to it, you know, to what it was going to do, to its place it was going to take in society. And it was going to take a roadie place, mm. a misbehaved place in society, really. So... 
Yeah, there's lots of it around, and we try to show that. Obviously, you start with a bit of David Bowie, yeah. and there's some reggae in there, and as, as there should be always. And um, yeah, no, so there's some good stuff in and it, I think. How did you find adapting to a television format in a six-part series versus your, I suppose, traditional medium, which would be the film, you know, the, 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 the one film? So the best thing I've ever read about uh, the difference between the two is John Borman, the great director, mm. said, he said, when you make a film, all you're doing all the way through is searching for your ending. And he said, when you make a TV series, the one thing they don't want you to find is an ending. <laughs> 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 they just want it to go on, of and course. on and on and on and on. Yeah. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, that's the greatest thing I've ever read about, uh, about the difference between the two. Well, let me compliment you and tell you that you have seamlessly stepped into the televisual six-part series. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Like I said, got up this morning to watch another episode. I'll be doing the same again tomorrow. Uh, Danny Boyle, congratulations on Pistol, and thank you so much for talking to us today. The grand. Thanks, Dave. All right, Cheers see you now. soon. Bye. Take care. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today FM.